Hello, welcome to the podcast, The Lotus Eaters, for uh, 27th of June, 2023. I'm joined by two people. Hello. Hello. There's, there's two of them. So three of us. And just yes. a quick thing, John, you need to turn your mic off. So we're hearing our own echo. There's three of us. This is fancy, isn't it, this place? <laughs> anyway. Thank you. Any other references yeah. aside? Um, I think, do I have some announcements to make first or yes. not? Do I? Yes. What do I have? Oh, I have this to announce. Here we are. Well, there's, a, there's a Rumble live stream about mm. James Lindsay and Christian nationalism. Part uh, 3 30 UK timers. Part two as well, because that mm. already happened. Um, this is an ongoing conversation in the right at the moment of how does James Lindsay fit into the conversation, basically. Um, I'm personally not that interested in it, but... I don't even lot, know who he is. So well, lots of it. people are, because James Lindsay is basically a sort of classical liberal, right. struggling with uh, the non-liberal right as to understanding their position in it. And, um, I mean, that that is an interesting discussion. It probably does have to be had, but I'm more worried about the mount, you know, the, the eternal armies of the left that are constantly marching through our civilizations, yeah. ruining everything. So that is an interesting conversation. It's just one that I'm less concerned with. Yeah, I personally agree. It's just like, uh, I'm, I'm never sad to being like classical liberals at it again. Yeah, it's exactly. never used to anything in my mind, but it's only they with the problem. I, I just don't see the point in spending effort fighting fellow rightists when there's, like you say, there's big well, well, I don't think he's a rightist. Yeah, he's not really a rightist. Oh, okay. that's, that's the debate. Right. Anyway, we're going to check out the debate if yeah. you uh, have a dog. Yeah. Otherwise, there's a new <clears throat> Broken Nomics episode yes. at 3 p.m. Is that today? Mm -hmm. That's a good one. Check this, it out. 3 o'clock today. It? Who did it? Uh, me. Oh, there we are. Me and uh, <laughs> Peter St. Onge, that guy who's been popping up on Twitter quite a lot. So, uh, yeah, check that out. Three o'clock today. Otherwise, we shall begin mm. with um, the good news, such as I hate London. <laughs> <laughs> it's not as much news, is it? It's more of an opinion piece. It's not even that it's a, no, if it was a new opinion, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to the etymological origin of news. Yeah, not entirely wrong. New. But I'm here to tell everyone that London deserves its fate, is my point rather than just uh, more opinion on that. And um, I can prove it. That, can is prove a, that is an opinion, but I agree with it, they, so I'll let it go. I can prove that they deserve it as well. because I, I just need you to prove it. <laughs> oh, you already hate them. So. Exactly, yeah. So right. I lived there for 20 years and could see the way it was going and thought, yeah, it's time to get out. But, but yeah, if, you, if you've got the mathematical proof as to why it's falling apart, then um, yeah, let's, let's see it. <laughs> this is why I did my physics degree. It's <laughs> to prove that London deserves to be put into the Hades of Mordor. There probably is a mathematical proof of this as well, actually. Sorry. <laughs> I, can, I can think of the terms. I just can't say them on this podcast. <laughs> anyway, shall I begin by just promoting something on lowercase.com being the census data proves Britain is not a nation of immigrants. Yeah. Because... Um, well, there we are. Mathematical proof. They, all right. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> you but asked for it. There it is. <laughs> I, I had an argument on Twitter the other day with some guy who was like, look, Britain, uh, London has always been 40% immigrant. And it's just like, what? No. I mean, literally, like, if you go back to 1961. Well, if you include the Scots. No, no, just, just, no, not including the Scots. Actually. Right. Non-British non immigrants. And if you go back to like 1941, as I, I did in that article, you can see that there are only 1.5 million immigrants in all of the United Kingdom, and 500,000 of those were Irish. So right. London could not have been 40%. If they were all congregated in yes. London, it would still only be about 8% or 10% or something. So it's just like, anyway. Yes, fair point. Don't worry, now everything is fine, because now we have more immigrants, which means more good. Mm. Uh, we'll begin with just some data points real quick. I don't oh, know, yeah. maybe someone's joining us and is like, London, I thought that was a great place. Um, no. Best country <laughs> best country in the world. Used best city in the world, according to Sadiq Khan. It is the best country. <laughs> it's certainly a country, isn't it? <laughs> it I, look, for people who don't know, I mean, at this point, culturally, if nothing else, I mean, London is just a foreign land compared yeah. to the rest of England. And, mm. well, 
even in the data. But you can check that out in the previous article, as mentioned. But sort of just some points about the current leader of the Raj. We have uh, Sadiq Khan here, who is the mayor. And just as people talk about him, nothing is ever good. I never see a single good statement about him, except people who like bikes. Bike lanes, people yeah. seem to like him for that. So and that Jeremy is Vine is praising Sadiq Khan's yeah, I don't tenure really over London. want to be yeah. on that team. Yeah. So, But you can see here, just a graph, crime, Sadiq Khan becomes mayor, and um, everything gets better because the line is going up, so world more good. <laughs> but the, this, this is very interesting because previously it was Boris, and Boris was very strong on stop and search. And Sadiq Khan, part of his campaign was literally him cross-armed being like, I'm going to end stop and search because it's racist. Right. Stopping crime is racist, says the mayor. Right. His words. But every story about London is some hellscape story. Not just this one, but I mean like this one here, where we found out that like a significant portion of the London police force were illiterate because they didn't want to hire white men. <laughs> I mean, this just not what you want to hear when you're a victim of crime, is it? Considering the job of the policeman is mostly basically filling out forms in triplicate, this seems like an obstacle. But these days, yeah. But it shouldn't be, should it? It should be just cracking the skulls of burglars. Ideally. It's not even that, though, is yeah. it? I mean, right. if, if it was either or, it would make sense. Yeah. But there's also just the state propaganda. We, we've mentioned this before, so I won't read the whole thing again. Yeah. It's the colonization in reverse thing that's yeah. on the tube. Yeah. I was actually there on Friday when I was walking around. It's not just this one. Oh, is it not? There's a whole bunch of different poems that have been put up, and they are all Brilliant. the insane. Brilliant. It's just, isn't it wonderful that England's no longer English? And that's all over the tubes. Every single yeah. tube I went on, I could see at least one of them. Not to mention just the general stuff. I mean, even before this, you know, yeah, everyone yeah. has been on the tube and mm. you've seen posters that are like, hate crimes, no longer tolerated, as if it was before. Or you'll have a thing that's the word immigrant and then a lady looking smart and the word im will be in red to be like, I'm. And there'll be some advert for learning English or some crap. So, you know, right. weird immigration right. adverts yeah, yeah, yeah. or promotions yeah. from companies all the state, just all the time. And just catering to the, the demographic. Though. Not to mention this, which is new. I, I mean, we can see here, this is Sadiq Khan tweeting out, all aboard for Pride. And he has decided to spend a load of money on rainbowing the buses and the trains. Of course, not with the traditional conservative Pride flag, but instead with the racial one, including the trans flag colors. I, I don't know at what point. He would stop with the number of colors. Just Whenever Sidi Khan tweets about pride, I always start to feel I feel more Islamically orthodox. <laughs> I, I do wonder how his <laughs> compatriots feel about it. Well, they can't, they can't be thrilled about it. I mean, there, there was a, a mayor of Keith Lee, thank you, people correcting me, uh, who had to apologize for putting up the pride flag because he was a Muslim. Did you see the other day when you were, we were talking about the, the submarine, you said it was the Pacific Ocean? Did I? Yeah. Oh, I meant Atlantic. There we are. Um, it's <laughs> just maybe last slip of the tongue. All right, but okay, great. More, more, more average London things, I suppose. <laughs> what I love which is, is the diversity of the uh, the people on there, though. Like old Jamaican black guy, he loves pride. He's <laughs> just always been pride. <laughs> you know? That that fella there, the Sikh, yeah. um, and then the Muslim chap next to him, yeah. uh, best they, buddies. And then they've got a guy next to him who looks a bit camp. Um, so, so, <laughs> so I'm sure all three of them are the best friends. And they all go to Soho together. I, I know a number of Sikh guys, and their political views would pale even us in this office when it comes to this sort of stuff. Yeah, but that's like the political views of literally everything outside of the West. Yes. It's just completely normal political views for every non-Westerner. So, yes. what's that, about 80% of the human population? <laughs> yeah. But we think we're special, okay. Yeah. But it's not the only thing I wanted to check out. I wanted to also check out the people who are behind this. I don't know if we can... Uh, oh, it doesn't seem to... 
for some reason. I don't know if I've broken the machine, John. I'm pressing next and it's not going next. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, but the point being, I wanted to also show the people involved, which was yeah. just the next link, which is the fact that, um, well, of course, they're all government employees, as usual. Uh-huh. Just randos. You can see here, some guy called Seb, someone called Nightzar. Not a real name. Just Seeing a lot of white women in that lineup. Yeah, but they're yeah. all paid to be there is the point. Yeah. But the uh, following example we can see, so we'll just check out Steve Kahn. Um, but of course, all their salaries are publicly available. Mm. 150 grand for him. The next guy, Seb, it's 132 grand. Jesus. And the next lady here, 116 grand. That's a lot of Greg she can buy for that. I tell you, she looks worth every penny, doesn't she? <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, the pre- <laughs> I hate to be rude. I mean, that guy oh. <laughs> is also just obviously stealing yeah. <laughs> in terms yeah, of having yeah. a job here. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous levels of cash for people yeah. who do what exactly. This is their crowning yeah. achievement. What have I done? I put a rainbow on a bus. Wow, great. Thanks. Yeah. He's saving the world. But it's not just that. He's also having a tough time recently. The local uh, oh, no. viceroy. Here you can see he did a thing where he was like, I'm lighting up the lights in my office for solidarity with European Londoners. European Londoners. Just think about that word. European Londoners. Yes. I hate this so much. His primary mm, right? concern is EU citizens who are <clears throat> identifying with the EU and not... England, but live but in London for some he's reason. He's talking about French and German people who live in London. Yes. They're not Londoners. They're French and German. Londoners used to be English. Like, that's what Londoner meant. But you can clearly see the distinction in his mind. There was a time, and we probably all think this, that London should be the capital of England. <laughs> should, Whereas yeah. he thinks it should be a global capital. Yes. It is just one of a number of global citizens, uh, and, global capitals. And therefore, you can have a bunch of French and German Londoners, and it's there's no contradiction in his mind, mm. you know? It's funny you say that. They're English Parisians. It's just like, what are you talking about? Yeah. It's funny you say all that, because his response, and you might wonder, why the hell are you turning on purple lights in your office? It's not exactly the usual thing you do. Why not put up an EU flag or something? That seems more like you, right? Yeah, it does, yeah. Well, it turns out he was banned from doing that. <laughs> so this is on LBC, where he, he did an interview with James O'Brien. So, you know. Million IQ. Just sat there, sad the government won't let me put my EU flag. No, they won't, Sadiq, you proud European. <laughs> so this is him whining. I don't know if there's a subtitle. There they are. He's, he's whining because usually he's allowed to put up the pride flag or the Commonwealth flag or the UN flag. Right. And he's like, and also I'm allowed to put up all the other countries' flags when there's a national tragedy, like in New Zealand, which is the thing comes to mind for him. And yeah. he's like, but why can't I fly the EU flag? And even James O'Brien is sat there like, well, we are in the UN and the Commonwealth. Well, not in the EU. We did specifically <laughs> vote to leave the EU. Yeah, he then goes on to whine about how it's barbaric that we've done such a thing, but <laughs> it's just <laughs> barbaric. Amazing to see. See, he's still there whining. So I can't put him in the EU flat. And uh, uh, the one good thing the government did is um, tell Steve Khan you can't virtue signal on one you, thing. You can't fly the flag of the rival empire that we've just left. <laughs> the Sadiq's like, I know it's a small damn. victory. I mean, this is the weird thing about being on the right. It's just like, man, he said that a woman doesn't have a penis. Man, he said that we can't fly the enemy's flag. Look at JK <laughs> Rowling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. But oh. there's more, of course, because he also decided to um, head on over and um, do a tweet recently. Remember this? Oh, yeah. If you scroll down, you'll probably see my reply. God, community I ratioed noted. him about 10 to 1. Oh, no. We have, we have far more important things to uh, dab on him with. As to you be fair, see. you can do that on almost any of Sadiq Khan's tweets. I'm always under there. It's like, shut up, Sadiq Is he like your Tom Harwood now? You're just bullying him. Yeah, I am, yeah. Huh? Yeah, totally. I'm surprised he hasn't Good. blocked me, actually. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> this, this is um, the local viceroy saying that yep. the city was built by migrants, by refugees, mm. in the same way that, like, I don't know, the viceroy of India might have said that 
the Raj was built by the British, and <laughs> you should be grateful, you mother. Anyway, but this guy. Totally <laughs> fair. Suffice to say, in the face of hostile blah 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 immigration policies, hostile draconian and immoral immigration policies, we're only letting in a million people yeah. a year. Such as this asking for a passport sometimes. If you don't yes. have one, if you come illegally, that's fine. Draconian rubber stamping of every application <laughs> that comes across their desk. Yeah. I mean, it, Shut up, Sadiq. Do you not remember the story of Draco of Greece? Where well, Draconian yeah, comes do, from? Yeah. He used to, um, I believe he legalized all crime. That was the story. <laughs> no, actually, it was the opposite. All oh, crime really? was the death penalty. <laughs> ah, strange. So maybe, maybe. Speak. If only we were taking inspiration from Draco. But um, for some reason, we're not. And uh, the community notes here, I just I, I have to mention because he's, he's he's taking the battering recently, just publicly yeah. on every lie he tells. Is yeah. my point. You can see here the city of London was founded around the year fifty. It was built up over nearly two thousand years by people we today call the English. I love it's third person as well. Yeah. It was not built by migrants, refugees, but by those native to the British Isles. Source: cityoflondon.gov. <laughs> 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 your own fucking website <laughs> but that's the thing I, 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 my reply to this was just Sadiq this is such a demonstrable and provable oh, there we go <laughs> five, five to one ratio <laughs> that is an obvious and provable lie it's like why would you say something that's such obviously a lie you know what would be the motive like I would never come out and be like yeah so you know well, I, I don't know I can't even think of a lie so obviously wrong well, it's not. It's not meant to be a lie, is it? It's. It's a new narrative. I mean, well, that's it's, the point. It's a fiction. So, like Homer Simpson is yellow. I mean, that's a fiction. It's not a truth or a lie. It's not real. So. No, no, no. But it is true. The fictional character Homer Simpson is yellow. That's true. Sure. But if you okay, if you draw if you draw him as green, for example, and then said, sure. oh, he's green. Well, it's not. But but there's anything, a, there's a, a fundamental difference in how you use language. So you use language to describe the world that is that has been and that you perceive yeah. leftists use language to describe the world that they want to bring into being because that's they correct. think that it has originating action that's completely correct yeah and that, that that's the point i was trying to make because if you look at a nation anyone on earth there's a national fiction about why we exist our justification for yeah. example the saudis it's the kingdom and islam if you go to the iranians it's the fact that we're a theocracy and divided by god and blah 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 for the uk i mean our one is meant to be that god himself picked the king or queen and therefore, that power comes from that, and we live under them and try and serve them. Hmm. I mean, that is our founding myth in terms of the monarchy, the United Kingdom we live under. But of course, you could get an ethnic one as well. Yeah, I mean, it's long and complex. And... Yeah, I'm trying to simplify it real quick. Right, okay, I'm yeah. not going to see it for 20 minutes trying to explain okay. the founding It all started in Winchester, and then we beat the Vikings. <laughs> and we all went to the pub. But yes. my point being that... No, no, it... that's, not the, that's not the narrative. The, the mythological, mythological narrative is... Um, really complex and Hengst and Horse are fighting with Vortigern. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. It would, it would go on. But the only reason for bringing this up was just to point out that's what he's doing. Right. He's creating a new fiction on which he can build his life. Oh, okay. So right, it's yeah. not a lie. It is literally something he's making up for the reason why the city of London exists. I'm, I'm actually brought to mind of uh, Caraticus when he gets finally <laughs> defeated by the Romans. The Romans drag him back to Rome and he's looking at their massive marble buildings like, why do you want our tents? We of. literally live in tents. And that's that's where Sadiq Khan has arrived at. It's like the migrants built London. All these giant buildings. Yeah, because before that, the English were living in tents. And we've come here to save you from poverty. Speaking of, though, people's commentary on that was pretty good. <laughs> London was built by refugees. The refugees. Yeah. Picture here. <laughs> yeah, I have people saying this to me. Oh, the Italian migrants. <laughs> the Romans were not Italian migrants. There were some other pesky Brits who were keep bringing up photographic evidence. <laughs> Of the opposite being the case. Video cameras existed. 
Yeah. Mm. Strange. I, I thought before 1948 mm. there was nothing, literally zero. But it's not the only thing. It's also, I wanted to point out just the knife crime thing, which we had before. That increase in crime from earlier mm. seems to only happen in certain areas. You can guess what the colors on that graph mean in your own time, I suppose. I'm trying not to leave any hints. It's a map. Just, okay. Generally, mm. as well, like Sadiq Khan is hated. I mean, like the, the ULES scheme. I mean, if you ever want to talk to anyone about London at the moment, everything just seems to be about the ULES scheme. This is the ultra low emission zone in the London, which used to be, as you can see, a tiny red dot. So if you entered there and you didn't have an ultra low emissions car, you had to pay £12.50. Yeah. Okay. And then they expanded it to this blue one, which is, you know, pretty big. And then they want to expand it to the green one, which is literally a whole city. So this is what I keep trying to explain to people about 15-minute cities, is it's not going to be these little flower planters forever. It's That's just the foot in the door. And then this, yeah, it's going to expand from there. So if you want to leave your parking space literally ever to go anywhere, you have to pay 1250 <laughs> 1250 please. Mm. I mean, it is, it's, it's such a grift. Yeah, it is. It's it, such a grip. The polling on this, I believe, is what, 80% of Londoners oppose this plan. But the thing is, this, again, if the left were in any way honest, they'd be like, oh, hang on a second. Isn't this just a way of penalizing the poor? Because the rich, of course, can afford to pay £12.50. Of course it is. And so this will affect them in no way, shape, or form. But for some reason, if you go and check out the polling on the next mayoral elections, there you are. Yeah. No impact. No impact whatsoever. No matter what Sadiq Khan does, no matter how stupid it is, no matter how much of a lie or, frankly, hostile fiction he makes up about the new world order he's creating, or just petty things such as destroying everyone's wealth with the ULES scheme, no impact. Zero. Londoners just keep on loving him for some reason, according to the poll, at least. Londoners. Yeah, mm. that's the thing. Because, well, I don't know what I've done there. Apparently the button is broken. Okay. That's trippy. <laughs> John, uh, can you fix that, please? Uh, the button's not stuck on my end. It's It's just... No, the buttons are fine. They're not. No, no, no. No, I'm not touching it. There we are. The electronics are broken yet again. Okay. Anyway, the thing I was going to show was just there was a local woman who had some wrong thing. Right. Uh, so yeah. we should deal with that. Do yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fix it. But so um, this is, uh, she, she decided to tweet one day, living in London, I get homesick for England. It's not ours anymore. It's not British. Oh, this is. Um, hmm? Not stuck. It's not stuck and the buttons aren't responding now. So uh, I don't know if the audience could see what's happening for the screen. Technical difficulties, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. Where are we nice. getting there? Sitting next on Max, but I can't remember her name now. Uh, Alexander Phillips. Yeah, uh, no, yeah, it's the woman from GPS. <laughs> in the middle. <laughs> uh, anyway, but she decided through that, and she got a lot of trouble. Like this tweet got 10 million views, just blew right. up amazingly, and it wasn't blowing yeah. up amongst the right, talking about, oh yeah, so true. So what did she say? She said that London is no longer England. She gets homesick. She gets homesick she for England and London's no longer She gets homesick ours. for England um, living in London. Yeah. yeah. But, she, but the way she says it, London is no longer ours is the thing. So mm. it's, it's as in she's appealing from within the frame of being a part of an ethnicity and saying, well, this is territory that has been ceded to the global yeah. order. Like Kosovo or something. Yeah. It's, it's gone from Serbia. It's yeah. no longer part of us. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. I wonder if we can get to the tweet in question. I think it's a few along there. Yeah, two more along, and then I think we're there. John? Oh, never mind. Whatever. Yeah. The the thing is, I, I yeah, saw the I M... Yeah. Uh, a tweet from along. Alexander somebody. Oh, right, it's back. This is... Uh, three more? There we are. There That's we the tweet in question I was talking about, as you can see. Blue to break it again. This is an NPC response. Just to check. Someone decided to ask a robot to write a response. Sorry to burst your bubble, but England has always been diverse and never changing. Perhaps it's time to embrace the present rather than cling to the romanticized past. 
That's weird because I don't think England has always been ever changing. It's basically been the same for the last thousand years. It's kind of the meme about it. Yeah. Well, hang on, that, that literally was a bot response, wasn't it? Yes, that is an automated bot response there. Because we know what they're going to say. And here it's is always a, the same we, response. We automated the lefties. We don't need them anymore. <laughs> here is a real lefty. In fact, when we get to my segment, that's exactly what they are. They're literally NPCs <laughs> who are programmed like bots. But speaking of which, real life here, yeah. this guy came out. London has always been diverse. If you don't like it, leave it where we're issues. I mean, and then there's another guy here who, who threw a hissy. I don't have time to go through his hissy fit, but he really did. I forget his name. We, we see him quite often, just being All like, right. everything's great in London. I was like, oh, is really? It? Why does everyone keep leaving? Local Indian nationalist from LBC turned up as well. I'm sorry ah, yes, to say, yes. you really need to get a better grip of geography if you think London is in England. <laughs> <laughs> Caved in brain. <laughs> That's a, no, no, this is amazing. This is amazing. How, 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 did, how did England get its name Sanjita? Right, and it's because it was the geographic location that the English occupied. You're wasting your breath. And so if the English <laughs> don't occupy the location, it stops being England. She's yeah. not going to listen. Well, anyway, a local London resident decided to ask, what even is British culture? Oh, who can argue? tell? Nina Chowdhury. Yeah, look, Pakistani was arguing that, well, what even is British culture? You don't know, do you? And it's not a surprise. You don't really know. How would you know? <laughs> was it five London boroughs? Over one in five, sorry, one in two people is foreign. Yeah, 40% of all of London is first-generation immigrant. 37% English. Last 20 yeah. years, just got off a plane. So that was last year's number. Uh, the no, but I mean, the, the population oh, is yeah. so new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's unbelievably new. Yeah. And I mean, there's a GIF here from Wikipedia, which just shows like change over time, as you can see here. They have to use race for this GIF because it's yeah. the only data that's available in that time. But then it breaks down to white British, Whoa. as you can see it. There you are. There's the present, present day. Wow. It's almost like something changed in the 1990s, especially. Mm. But anyway, we're going to end this off because some guy decided to tweet out something rather wonderful, which is a little thread of a documentary about the worst whites in the East End. And well, I put we together... covered this in a premium podcast. I didn't know you did, did we? did it with you. Yeah. It's been so long. Anyway, go check that out on blowsis.com. But we'll give you a little snapshot yeah. into what happened there by playing the following clip, if we can. Eileen and Albert raised their family here, but one by one, they all left the East End. Andy lives in Somerset, and David lives in Luton, and Lynn, of course, lives in Norfolk. That is why I have to move, because there's nobody here. Belonging the video's not playing for some reason, but anyway, so. The life that we know is finished. Don't you agree? Yeah, and that's true. Newham's got the biggest immigration population in this country for the size There's of what it is. There's 147 languages yeah, in Newham. We've lost our community. We're oh. foreigners in our own country yeah. now. Charlotte can't go to this school. No, Charlotte can't go to these schools. Why not? Um, I was thinking. I was thinking actually about that, and I was thinking, uh, you know. Is this got to do with colour or has it got to do with religion? I was sitting down and I was having a thing. I don't want her to forget who she is or where I'm from or her mum's from. I don't want her to forget these things. I think these schools around here will make her lose her identity. You find a nativity play, no more nativity plays. Um, Christmas cards, no more Christmas cards. I think my children are being exposed to different cultures, different faiths. Come on, be careful. So I'm quite happy because they will be more open-minded. Be careful of the mud, be careful of the mud. In saying that, 
<laughs> I have to say that um, the British way of life is something they are not experiencing because of lack of British children. Maybe Sanjita just come along and explain. No, geographically. <laughs> You're in England, mate. Don't worry about yeah. it. That last chap there was a Bangladeshi immigrant and he's there with his four children. They're taking to yeah. school. And he's like, oh, yeah. They're not getting any English culture here. Maybe I should move. I was just like, and the thing is, you, could, you can imagine the BBC commissioning a documentary going all around the world, speaking to native peoples, being extremely sympathetic to when they say, we feel like we're losing our culture. Oh, we don't need to. We could go to Tibet and China. Yeah. But a couple of, well, probably like a decade ago, the big fear was China was going to demographically displace the Tibetans. Yeah. So of course, no, there are four million Tibetans and a billion Chinese. But endless sympathy for other people losing yeah. their culture, except for our own. Yeah. So this... Uh, video here i mean i just i loved how the whole thing there ended up with the the local immigrant population as well being like we've lost access to the english population and then thinking about moving on to find more english population to be amongst it's like okay well look there's only so many you know as you say if there's a billion chinese yeah and everyone wants to be around a tibetan neighborhood yeah it ain't gonna work but anyway that's my point about london which is the uh, i think provably i've been up to show that they deserve their fate if they're going to keep voting for people like steve khan if the polls aren't even going to move at all from the last election, then um, I don't know. Enjoy. You see, the city Khan wanted to have a, an open border policy for London, because the UK right. government was like, "Well, we want to reduce immigration," which is obviously a lie. Uh, but Sadiq Khan heard this and was like, "Well, then London should be essentially its own nation state and have completely open borders." So I'm fine with that as long as we build a wall around it. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, I'm not happy that we're giving up a capsule anyway. What do you mean mm. giving it up? It's gone. Yeah, I know. Why <laughs> mm. <laughs> do you think I hate it? <laughs> Anyway, so uh, just so you know, the pair of you are both gynosexual NPCs. Oh, I am all about the Punani. That's basically what this is, yeah. Mm. yeah. But there's a new name for it. Why? Why is there a new name for it? Well, uh, this is because something is happening to the West, and it's been happening for a long time now, and we're seeing the very final phases of it, where everything is personalized and essentially commodified but also categorizable, right? As in, can be placed into categories. And this is how the West is being dissolved. Is this so that we never need to make assumptions or use the word normal? Yes. Right. That's exactly what it is. Um, but before we begin, go and watch my premium podcast on personal autonomy. No, that was the wrong one. It was meant to be moral, uh, thick concepts, because that's what we're going to be talking about. I must have changed it. But also go and watch this, because this is a good one. Because personal autonomy is also at the root of what this is. Uh, so the in fact, these, these actually do dovetail nicely, actually. So personal autonomy is something that you don't really have that much of, because you are totally reliant on other people, as uh, Josh goes into in that podcast. And these relations that you have with other people are encapsulated in what I've got here as thick concepts, because we have a word for these things that describe a person, another person, and the relationship that they have between them, and informs the moral content of that relationship, all in one word. And so this is all stuff that we've been through in detail, and you should catch up on if you haven't. So let's have a look at a list of sexualities. It's a bit long. Oh, it's not <laughs> a bit long, right. It's just stupid. It's absolutely stupid. I love how gay is right at the bottom. <laughs> the only other sexuality. Yeah, gay. <laughs> but anyway, these have been created to describe things. Right? Things like fictosexual. 
Do you think you might be fictosexual? Attracted to fictitious people? An identity of someone who is mostly attracted to fictional characters. (laughs) The fictional character could be from any medium. Have you ever looked at a picture of a hot woman and you're like, wow, she's hot? You ever looked at a drawing? Fellow fictosexuals. AI generated a very busty young woman for you. You're a fictosexual. Video game characters. Oh my God, Lara Croft. If you watch a movie, does that count? If it's animated. Did you, Princess Jasmine in Aladdin? You're like, hmm? No, not really. No, she, no. Jean Grey from the X-Men cartoon. It was all in the 90s, so I'll go for that. You're a fictosexual. Right, okay. It's an umbrella term for anyone who experiences sexual attraction towards fictional characters. That's everyone. Because they're representations of women or whatever it is you're attracted to. Yeah. Like it's it's not something that needs its own term, right? What about mutosexual attraction to super mutants? Oh, I thought that was going to be people who've mutilated themselves because that would be a growing category at the moment. <laughs> no, it's not that either. Uh, it's a fluid sexuality in which your attraction changes from day to day. One day you'll be attracted to men. The next day you'll be attracted but to didn't, fictional Didn't we characters. already have bi to cover that? Uh, yes. Um, but <clears throat> as they say, you may be bisexual, then gay, then straight, for example. That's, that, that's, that's still that's bisexual. bisexual. <laughs> this is a form of fluid multisexuality in that you can feel attracted to all genders, but you don't always like all genders at once. I mean, it really is teenage girl in her bedroom thinking about this way too much, isn't it? <laughs> like, that's what this is. But, uh, but I think that I might be on something here because I think you might both be gray sexuals. Gray, gray sexuality is the spectrum between asexuality and sexuality. What? Yeah, it, it's hard to know, right? But someone in the comments uh, explains, it means you sometimes feel attraction. <laughs> <laughs> so if I'm riding my bike to work, I'm not feeling much attraction. But when I get home and I see my wife, then I'm feeling attraction. Therefore, I'm a gray sexual. So this is just like when you're doing something else. Being normal. Hang on, but to be straight, you'd have to constantly be thinking about having sex with your wife yes i would it so otherwise I'm you're no not straight, straight. all no. right i'm now gray sexual and uh, the next one of course is allosexual uh, allosexual refers to when people who are not on the asexual spectrum so people who are always feeling attraction uh, in other words it describes someone who regularly experiences sexual attraction for others so i guess i'm somewhere between gray sexual and allosexual you're a whore <laughs> I don't know if we'll feel sexual attraction to their customers. Well, there's a description there where they're like, sometimes it's used as slut shaming to say that someone constantly has random attractions. I, I guess you're right. It, it is it is whole sexual. That's correct. <laughs> See, the annoying thing about this, though, is yeah, that, of course, government legislation in this country says you can't discriminate for employment, housing, um, services, or goods on the basis of sexuality. Right. So if someone does come in, and insist that they're gray sexual or whatever, right? You actually can't disagree with them. That's a good point. Or you would be breaking the law. Absolutely. It is the law. You must recognize my allosexuality. Hello, hello. What's happening here then? If she's gray sexual, why are you not? <laughs> Have you ever thought about yourself as a demisexual? Right. This has got to be people who are attracted to demigods, like Helen of Troy and Hercules and Achilles. I think they may actually be characterized in fictosexual. Oh, right. No, a demisexual. Uh, is where you don't feel sexual attraction to any person unless you have a deep emotional bond with that person. I mean, in previous eras, we called this being an old-fashioned romantic. So this is not a whore sexual. (laughs) This is being in love with someone. (laughs) you got to love it when these perverts 
every so often accidentally reinvent trends. Yeah, this is our Aaron McIntyre's thing. They've reinvented Atlantis <laughs> by discovering love. <laughs> I just have really deep feelings for that person. I only want to have sex with them. Oh, you're demisexual. <laughs> what? I think you might be a bit uh, dasflin sexual sometimes. This is German. It sounds it, doesn't it? What? Being attracted to all people who dress like they're opposing sex. <laughs> what? <laughs> I only like people who are cross-dressing. Not necessarily. Women aren't cross-dressing when they're dressing as the opposing sex. I thought that's what the definition of cross-dressing was. If they dress as men. Yeah, but they're not cross-dressing. No, if women are dressed as men. No, but we're, people who dress like they're opposite sex. So, oh yeah, no, okay, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, you would. Christ, it's complicated stuff. Um, so basically, <laughs> look at the one comment there. <laughs> Even like the Tumblr wiki is just like. But, but this is anything in a dress. Uh, uh, a woman, a man, a mannequin. Yeah, something like that. But well, I, I tell you what is anything in a dress is femsexual, right? Right. So it's, well, no, actually, they say specifically this is the attraction to women, feminine, non binary people, and 100% androgynous non binary people. I don't know what that means. What the hell? Can, can you break down that last sentence? No. <laughs> I don't know what 100% androgynous non-binary people means. I assume it means non-binary people, people who don't identify as women, but are totally non-masculine, and so are totally feminine. So a woman who isn't really into sex, so doesn't make an effort, so calls themselves non-binary, no, no, then, no, 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 that's not true. She might make an effort. She might be femme presenting. So she she just doesn't identify as a woman, right, in her head. But she may, well, uh, she doesn't feel like a woman, but she may look like a woman and present as a woman and still call herself non-binary. Because you're looking for an objective criterion here, which there isn't one. Grug is confused. Yes. I am. <laughs> my, my brain just doesn't do unnecessary complication. No, but that's the point. This is unnecessary complication, right? But it all stems along the same pattern. But good news, you guys are just gynosexuals. This is WebMD. This isn't even Tumblr.com. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is, this is almost a proper website <laughs> one now. You like chicks, right? Yeah. Now there's a special term for that. It's, when you think about it, it's remarkable how long it took this term to come about. Because this Tumblr stuff is from like 2013, right? Ten years later, we now have a word that signifies attraction to women. Hang on. But we don't know what a woman is. Oh, that's a different question. So and actually, that, no. and actually, that's kind of the point of this word, right? Is they've realised that? Hang on a second. We've scooped out the content of the word "woman." It's become very confusing, and lots of people have pushed back very strongly on this, on what is a woman, and we're kind of losing that argument. And therefore, if we create a new term called gynosexuality, we sidestep that issue. And now we can keep making headway. I'll explain why as we go on. Right? I, I thought super straight would have worked, but never mind. That came from the wrong this place. This is kind of, yeah, it came from the wrong place, but it's kind of the same thing, right? So gynosexuality describes someone who's attracted to femininity. But <laughs> if they're an actual woman as well. That's the point. They've rediscovered Atlantis again. They, they found out what a woman is No, again. They've, they've gone, it's, it's worse than that, actually. So that means a person of any gender can be attracted to someone who identifies as female and expresses feminine characteristics. So now both men and lesbians are gynosexuals, right? right. So what they've done here is, if you think the, the term straight, gay, and lesbian, right? They have the subject, they have the object, they have the relation, right? So yes. the, the person who feels the desire, the, the object of the desire, and 
the description yeah. of the relations. So they're straight, they're gay, and this describes the entire package, right? But gynosexual yeah. only focuses on the subject, right? It, it doesn't, yeah. it, it doesn't, uh, sorry, the object. It doesn't matter what the subject is. So the subject could be a man, could be a woman, could be a yes. lesbian, you know, whatever it is. And so they, they abandon having to define this category. Right, they they have cleared right. out this category of content as well. Yeah. So now it's only a human who is into females, right? An androsexual be a human who is into man, men, right? This is a very clever linguistic trick. It allows them to continue. What? But they haven't actually said females. They've said people who identify as female. Yes. Because so now they it could also be that. a man having sex with a man is gynosexual. So we're back at a, a man, a man dressed as a woman, uh, who. Uh, <sighs> And a man who is attracted to people who are feminine, yes, that would make them gynosexual. So, hang on, so, so they're trying to clear up a confusion they created, yes, by making the terms of reference massively more complicated. Um, well, actually, in a way, it kind of does simplify things, and that's kind of the point of this. Well, yeah, but only if you follow this, and it sounds like you sort of follow it, but I'm just, I'm just well, lost the, the, here. The point here is that there's a lot of information that is contained in the word straight or gay or lesbian, right? You actually know a lot about the situation. If if I would say that, you know, but that's, Peter that's is that's what gay, words are supposed right? to do. Yes, of course. Right? <laughs> yeah. And Don't no, be no, such I, a barbarian. <laughs> Come on. That, that's what thick language is for, right? And that, that, this is right. what the deep understanding, and this is why this is pernicious, right? Yeah. So because what this has done is it stripped out all of the other information. Because, I mean, if you say someone is, a, you know, a gay, then, okay, right. well, it's a man who's into other men. And men, you already knew it was a man, and that comes with lots of other things. And you know what kind of man, like the, the kind of social standing that person's going to have if they are gay and the kind of things that they're going to do. Okay. And the kind of general, you'll have general impressions of all of these things based on stereotypes, frankly. So at this point, I just want to recommend the book 1984 and the Newspeak Dictionary That's Project. exactly what this is going Right. Yeah. This is the destruction of concepts. Right. It's yes. the, it is the destruction of the thick concept that we use to understand human relations. This is all a part of the project, the, the long project of liberalism, to ultimately destroy social relations. That's what this is for. Mm. Right. And so they 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 literally are removing the concepts of the relations in this new speak way in order to make sure we simply can't formulate certain kinds of thoughts, right? This, 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 this would destroy, were we to adopt this, obviously, we're not going to, yes. but were we to adopt this, this and if, if a child was raised with this Newspeak dictionary, they yes. wouldn't have the concept of straight, right? It wouldn't be normal. It wouldn't, be, it wouldn't contain all of the things. Like when, when a straight couple get married, you understand that we're talking about family, which is, again, a big thick idea that has lots attached to it lots and lots and then you see the civilization built on top well this is about isolating all of that right and you're isolating the so very it almost nature of exactly is the 1984 newspeak dictionary because yes. the whole the whole project there was to raise the new generation using this new dictionary so they could so that they were yeah. unable to commit thought crime yes that's that's what this is wow. and the thought crime in question is of course on the question of what is a woman right so it doesn't matter anymore and so, thank God, men's health are here. <coughs> Guys, do you know that you might be gynosexuals? Shut up. <laughs> Just shut <laughs> up. Right? I mean, this literally is NPC code. Like, look at this for it. The number of terms and identities under the LGBTQ umbrella is ever-growing, 
allowing more and more people to describe their sexuality with words that make sense to them. One word you may not have heard that's helping some people express who they are is gynosexual, as in literally, the new NPC code has arrived. I'm also intrigued that the picture choice that they went for was a black man with a white woman. That's that's a bold choice. Wow, you never you never see them was. you never see them go for that. Of course it was. But uh, Lilith Fox, a sex educator, tells us gynosexuality refers to being sexually attracted to femininity, irrespective of one's own gender identity or the gender identity of the femme presenting person they are attracted to. As you can see, the expressly is to destroy the content of the subject mm. and object. It's to literally sever that. These are now not relevant. These are not necessary components of what is being described. Yeah. But they are expressed about this. And so it's the, the, the depth and, again, it's so pernicious that this is being done in such a blasé way. Like so much is being ruined here that they don't even realize. And we fall back on our traditional upbringings of knowing what men and women, fathers, mothers, and all these things are. But if you didn't have that, then you would be deprived of all of this understanding. Yeah. So if this were if this were to become the norm in every state school in the country, which is presumably the next step, because this this will and be it getting, has been right up until this point. Well, why wouldn't this be next? the next thing? Is this will get me getting pushed in teacher training? Yeah. And then in thirty years' time, there'll be kids who don't even know what these old words are, and then you'll read you'll read old books like we you know where it's like wifeman. If you read some old Anglo-Saxon thing, and that means woman, right? Mm. And it's it'll be like those sorts of words that have just, but this is artificially getting rid of the words rather than just falling out of use. Um, but uh, but anyway, the, uh, the the reason for all of this obviously is uh, because if someone is non-binary and attracted to women, gynosexual may be a better fit for them than straight, which would typically be used by a man, or lesbian, which would be typically used by a woman. So we can see literally it avoids the questions of what is a woman. It avoids all of these questions by simply exiling the content and so that's all gone right additionally it can be used by individuals who may be attracted to femininity or femme presenting expressions that have nothing to do with gender identity brilliant yeah. what are we even describing like how is this even connecting to the real world so you can be attracted to women who are actually men now because they look like women uh, and so the reason, of course, in order to avoid being hindered by stereotypes of femininity as a gynosexual person, Fox suggests deciding for yourself what traits you're attracted to, rather than assuming that all feminine traits might be for you. Someone can be attracted to nurturing behavior and not consider this a feminine trait or an attraction pattern at all. So now there are no traits that are just intrinsic to people. All of this now is completely up for choice. And this is the erasure of the magic of romance, right? When the erasure of reality. Well, it absolutely is. But it's also, but it, this is where, like, falling in love with someone, right? You don't rationalize all of these things. You just have yeah. these emotions and you describe them with deep language that, you know, in one word, you describe a lot. Uh, and this is all going to go. This is all going to be erased. It's all going to be rationalized. It's all going to be laid out and categorized. So in future, we can have. The, and, the, and this is the effect of the managerial state on the individuals themselves. Right? Yeah. Everything is being categorized. Everything is getting accounted for. Everything has to be consistent and linear. Well, and if, if we let them win, but yeah, to be if, fair... And they are winning. Stuff like this. Why but, is men's health promoting this? The 30-year-old version of this was going into schools 30 years ago, and it won. Yeah, and, and it's just been winning, winning, winning. So yeah. if, that's, if this is the stuff that's going into teacher training colleges now, which it will be... Yeah. 
Yeah, it's coming because down the track. Because this, this aligns perfectly with the managerial technocratic revolution. Well, why wouldn't we want to be able to categorize everything? So, of course, we want to be able to categorize everything. And don't you deserve to have all of your own understanding of yourself categorized as well? And so, good, you've got your own flag. That's the gynosexual flag. You're going to get a pin? Going to fly that? No, I'm going to get a Polish work visa type A, which allows you to work for a Polish employer for up to 12 months. Anyway, uh, going back, uh, pretty much anyone attracted to women or feminine traits would qualify as gynosexual. Uh, however, again, definitions of femininity and gynosexuality are subjective. So brilliant. So not even the definition of being gynosexual actually means something really ultimately, right? Um, and so and obviously it's completely up to anyone how they identify. So do we even need any of this anyway? But uh, but anyway, yeah. So this is this is the latest way in which our civilization is being very subtly attacked by the international liberal order. Wow. Okay. Well, after that depressing news, why don't me, the Lotus Eater newbie, sit down with Lotus Eaters OGs Callum and Carl and have a bit of a reminisce about how things used to be, and maybe let's touch on how where things are possibly going next. So. Um, before we get into that, actually, why is your screen turn blood red? As you, I, I don't know. It's, it's a Joe Biden thing, <laughs> isn't it? You, it just comes down it? blood yeah. red, and I describe the new the order of things. <laughs> it's not onomous. Um Why on earth are we called the Lotus Eaters? Uh, because it's a nice name, right? It's non-threatening. You're expecting more than that, aren't you? Yes. And also, like, I, I wanted something that was rooted in. Uh, the Western canon, right? Okay. That wasn't like, and there are loads of considerations. Like, you need a brand name for a media company, right? Yeah. And there are loads of, like, you mean, like Vice or The Daily Beast and stuff like this, right? So it, it's got to be something quite unusual that becomes memorable. But I also wanted something that was connected to the Western canon. And I was reading The Odyssey at the time. And one of the things that strikes me of the, the Island of the Lotus Eaters is just how bad a rap they get. But there's nothing in the Odyssey that says they're a bunch of drug addicts or anything like that. They're just nice. So and they're just like, do you want to stay? And they're like, yeah, I do want to stay. Oh, so it's 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 from a story in the Odyssey about an island of people who who ate lotuses. Yeah, but the, the lotuses are just a food. Ah, it, okay. But it just makes you want to stay on the island. And the thing is, they're not evil, right? All of right. the other islands, it's the first one they get to, and all of the other islands, they're trying to kill the Odysseus and his men, right? Uh. Uh, but on the island of the Lotus they're not. They're, it's, it's essentially a, a, a metaphor for a different paradigm. Nice Greek. A different way right. of living, right? And what's interesting is if they'd stayed on the island of the Lotus they would have survived because the Odyssey, uh, Odysseus is the only one who makes it back alive. Uh. And if you're not Odysseus, you're probably not going to make it alive out of that paradigm. So there's actually quite a deep story. You put a lot, you put a lot of yeah, thought I into did, this. Yeah. Right, that, that's why we call the Lotus Eaters. I've always wondered that. Now, as you have, may have noticed, we have changed to this uh, remarkable new studio. Uh, I sort of feel like I'm on the um, the CIC of the Starship Sargon here. I'm afraid to press the buttons in case I shoot a satellite hey, down man, or something. I don't know anything about the buttons. <laughs> but um, let's say a, a fond farewell to the old studio, which we've just left behind. And I want to thank TMK, one of our supporters, who uh, put together this uh, series of clips from the old place. For the Jedi power of Borsk growing a vagina on himself in real time. Michael Jackson is not actually a werewolf from Thriller. Uh, something happens. 
And they'll say, well, I'm a conservative or I'm homeless. Whatever. <laughs> she, he, zerp, her, them, her, him, her, her, their, her, 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 and hers. This is about butt sex. I am all for older women, but... <laughs> The mighty toilet, the porcelain bowl of honesty and truth. What are you doing? I'm ordering a rubber chicken. That you can afford five pounds a month, can't you? Can't you? Can you afford five pounds a month? Or you're gonna go spend it on KFC, aren't you? Gonna go spend it on KFC. That's a projection right it. there, Harry. Don't spend it on KFC. Spend it on us instead. My get to the chopper. Well, I get all my caffeine from um, from Coke. I'm kind of a boomer trapped in a zoomer's body. Whereas if I had, you know, broke out the shoe polish that morning, maybe, maybe they'd have gone a bit more leniently on me. I did a lot of um, studying while at university on these, the effects of various drugs. You are capital C cringe. You're capital C cucked. Back in the day when astronomy wasn't sexist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, you wanted to learn what pie meant? Well, here's what cream pie looks like. I mean, I, I imagine Cleopatra weeks. would have looked something like Stelios. I mean, they're good Nazis, it turns out. They're fellow Nazis. <laughs> they're Nazis of colour. I haven't met my great great grandma. Actually, but don't you? But don't you? I've not met your grandmother. I'm... The breast is usually best. But... Is is it is it at least lesbian porn? Even gay chimpanzees are lesbians. Gay men, funnily enough, um, like cock. Quite fans of it, it turns out. If you need a model of apex masculinity, I give you me. Strange. Looking at AI porn, Callum experiences no growth. Thank God the sound's off on that Motherless one. C word from C word, F word, sound off, keep moving, F word, yeah. F you, foreign yeah, C word, F you. Maybe we got it edited out, but uh, that, that pretty much covered it. So yes, that was the old studio. Um, you guys were there for about two years, weren't you? Yeah, something like that, two and a half years, something like that. Yep, yeah, I think so. I don't remember the dates. Huge, huge amount of content you threw out on that, but it was very limiting, wasn't it? Because it was basically just the one room, yes, office directly onto a studio, so everybody had to be super quiet whenever anything was being filmed. Yeah. Um. So, so yeah, very limiting. But um, you know, the Lotus Eaters project, it, it makes an awful lot of sense to me because you were basically accessing your audience through a certain big red censorship platform up until that point, and the sort of Damocles was sort of always hanging over you. Let's have a look at this uh, Lorne Chen uh, tweet, which kind of makes this point. So um, she worked for, for Blaze TV. That was a, um, a channel on this censorship platform that had 1.6 million viewers. They mentioned a certain type of person, which is currently particularly popular in Silicon Valley, right. and the channel was just yeeted, just gone, just like that. Um, it just goes to show that in this day and age, you cannot rely, unless you want to be an NPC normie, you cannot rely on these censorship platforms. You need to have your own avenue, your own way of reaching people. So I thought it would be worth talking about that because um, if you are one of those people who access it through a censorship platform, don't be surprised if one day, you know, your favorite content creators aren't just there anymore. They, they could just be gone. So it's worth talking about what the alternative options are. And for that, I thought we would go behind the keyhole to look at the new studio. We have a video for this now. Hello. Uh, so 
This is Dan, and I'm going to take us around the new studio um, of the Lotus Eaters, which is absolutely fantastic. So join me as we have a look around. Right, so here we are at my desk, where all the magic happens, uh, and let's go and meet the team, shall we? Bo, how are you, sir? Yeah, I'm fine, thanks. Uh, so uh, what, what do you do at Lotus Eaters? Um, History-themed content, mainly. Oh, good. A bit of um, interviews, uh -huh. little bits and bobs. And, and what's your what's your favourite piece of content so far? Oh, but now you're asking. My favourite bit of my own content? Uh, oh, I don't know. There's been so many great ones. Right. <laughs> no, I did a conversation with Thomas Dowling, who's no longer with us. He's not dead. Right. Oh, OK. Uh, I did... <laughs> Kind of laughing about that off camera. Uh, about F1, the history of F1. I really enjoyed making that. I really enjoyed putting the images to it. If anyone doesn't know, I sort of do all the images cool. in the post production. And of course, the ones that, that uh, and the ones that I've done with you are, are pretty good, I hear. Oh, yeah. 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 And yeah. do one right now. Look. Oh, there we go. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Good. On Black uh, Wednesday. So oh, perfect. Yeah, that, that. that'll be out soon. One on Black Wednesday, so. Perfect. Right. Okay. And um, let's let's have a quick chat with Connor. Connor, you seem like a smart young man. Why aren't you working for the BBC or something? Uh, I wouldn't be allowed within spitting distance of that communist hellhole. Okay. Now, no. I, I also <laughs> want to speak to Callan, but he, he's actually always working very hard trying to edit out all the gaffes, so uh, might have to come back to that one. <laughs> Hi, Josh. Hello. What, 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 what do you do for Lotus Eaters? I do a lot of stuff, and uh -huh. uh, at the minute I'm laughing at you leaning against that window, so... Perfect! As you can see, I'm working on the contemplations, which is uh -huh. four of the five days I spent in my, my work week, and I have more tabs than I can possibly comprehend open, and it's just a, a form of managed chaos, really. Now, unfortunately, the boss man is at a Warhammer um, tournament, so I can't interview him, but um, you, you know who uh, Carl is, anyway. I wish. <laughs> Why is this gorilla camera work? <laughs> I'm quite proud of it. How did you see him? 62 pence for power line reduced. That's good. Harry. Hello. You're looking um you're looking very bookish at the moment. Uh should I take this? Yes. Yes. I am. It didn't work, did it? Thank you. <laughs> and um and what's with the uh, the YMCA book? Uh, the YMCA, look, this seems like wishful thinking on your part, Dan. You do look like you're prowling, uh, prowling down Canal Street at the moment. Oh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> now, Rory is not often seen on camera, um, but he does a lot of writing stuff. Hello. Hi, Rory. Tell us about writing on the Lotus Eaters. I very much like writing on the Lotus Eaters. <laughs> now, this is a uh, very sensible young man. This is uh, Stelios. Stelios. Hello, Dan. How are you? Uh, hello. And uh, what do you do at the Lotus Eaters? Well, I do stuff. Uh -huh. I prepare for segments. I prepare for the symposium series. What was symposium all about? Symposium, well, basically is a philosophical series where we talk about all sorts of things from a philosophical angle. We could be talking about, you know, ancient philosophical topics. We could be talking about contemporary politics. We could be talking about things like women. Or things like things. I, I've said we should do one a symposium on women. Now, we we don't just have uh, incredibly good-looking people with lots of opinions and who don't actually know anything. We also have people who actually know stuff and make everything work. So so let's go and find out about those chaps. This is uh, this is one of our uh, video editing chaps. 
Jack? Oh. Jack, uh, what, what, what do you do for us, sir? Uh, well, I mainly just help out video editing, well, the premium content. I mainly, the stuff I mainly handle is Dan's Brokenomics, Comics Corner. Very sensible. Like good. Try to make him as look as good as possible. Did you shove your thumb over the microphone? He wants is a yeah, I can hear it. <laughs> possibly. <laughs> I'm not very good at this. You uh, boomed this, didn't you, Dan? I quite possibly did. Thomas. Hello there. Thomas, what are you working on at the moment? I'm working on a very special program on the interview. Yeah, excellent. When will that be out? Perfect. You, you, you dropped something just at the back there. <laughs> now, um, we... Actually, I'll, I'll, I'll come back to uh, I'll come back to him. now because we want people to actually watch us. Uh, we also have uh, social media with with Daisy. Hello. Hi, Daisy. Tell us about yourself. Uh, my name's Daisy, and I do the social media. <laughs> uh, we also need to speak to the most important man in the office who does the payroll. Pete. Hey, Anne. Hi. There. <laughs> so, how how did you get into the whole Lotus Eaters business? Nepotism. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally true. <laughs> That's totally true. Hi, Michael. Well, hello. so um, what? How are you? And uh, what? What do you do for the Lotus Eaters? Um, well, my my job is to sit in the corner of the room where mm. I can get a great view of everyone. No one can see my monitors. Yes. Um, and so then my second job is just making sure that Carl never looks at my history. Yeah. Right, now finally, let's go and have a quick look at this new studio, although they are actually filming the podcast from Monday at the moment, so we're going to have to be super quiet. super important because he makes everything work and he he sets everything up so fantastic stuff this was uh, built from scratch every computer component from component from scratch took a took a lot of time you can tell that Wagner were also quite I'm sorry, I just need to uh, do something very quickly. Uh, hello, Dan. Oh, he walked right. away. Sorry, if you were confused, Dan was at the door filming us for some reason. So, what are the other things? So, there you go. There's behind the scenes at the new studio. Um, and if you're confused about the uh, the reference that Pete made um, to, to nepotism, uh, Pete is uh, Carl's eldest son. He's just turned 21. <laughs> so um, happy birthday to Pete. He wishes. <laughs> no, Pete, Pete's an old friend of mine. And basically, I was like, ah. Pete, I need someone to trust. I can trust to do like you know back end work. Right. He needed a job, so you know. Oh, okay. Right. So let's talk. Start talking about uh, how fantastic the Lotus Eaters is. So um, uh, let me see. Am, am I supposed to click something here? Can we go to There's the box? Box. Where it says <laughs> next. Oh, here we go. Right. Yeah. Oh no. So here previous. Oh, here we go. Right. Oh, so first things first is you can watch the entire podcast uh, from the website for free doesn't cost you anything. Um, and you can also go on this live chat thing, um, which is 
Um, to be honest, it, it, it's it's a little bit below the belt. Most of the comments that, that come up on here, they're a bit, bit iffy. But if that's that, your that sort of thing, that's what's funny about it. To be honest, yes. And also, you can watch the after show where you can find out what we really think because um, you know we, we we need to be a little bit you know careful. Um, next image. Oh yes. So if you did want to pay and get access to all the premium content, um, it is only five pounds a month. I will point out that that price has been fixed for about two years, and there's been 115 percent inflation since then. Um, and also because we've now got the new studio, we can do a lot more. So you know, I'm I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying that if you're going to sign up, you should probably do it soon. Um, and let's talk about some of the fantastic things that we've got going on here. So the book club. I just want to point out, when these guys are talking about stuff, they're not pulling it straight out their ass. There is a whole series of, you know, deep uh, intellectual work that has gone into, you know, a lot of the takes that come on this stuff. So, you know, here you're going to get book reviews from, you know, people like Evola, Dovskieski, Nietzsche, Burke, uh, Marx, John Stuart Mill, Machiavelli, as well as a whole bunch of modern writers that are put in there. Um, uh, somebody called Naomi Pavarotti, who wrote The Populist Delusions, um, Animal Farm, Parasitic Mind. Um, and it's a hell of a lot easier to watch this channel um, than it is to sit down and read all of those books. Oh, because the, Don't these... I know that as well? <laughs> yes. So, yeah. you know, you are going to get a fantastic education from just that section alone. Let's go on to the next one. Ah, oh, this is probably my personal favourite, is uh, the Contemplation series. Now, um, Josh, he's he's a proper deep thinker, isn't he? I mean, he's... he's yeah, a, yeah. He, 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 he's, he's an OG of... Um, of, of he's, he's got a master's degree in psychology. And yes. has a genuine curiosity in lots of different subjects. And so he spends his time just researching them for these contemplations. And they, we did a poll on the, the YouTube channel a while ago, and he nearly beat you, Wow! actually. For that the most goes to show content. how good he is. Yeah. Yes. So, um, you know, he, he, he's, a, he's got a background in evolutionary psychology, like um, behavioral economics, um, evolution, yeah, a, whole bunch clever, of, it, a whole bunch of other stuff. So, I mean, you've got, you've got, you've got stuff on here. Um, human origins, IQ, uh, why women fall for serial killers, deep dives on certain countries. An eternal system. question there. Yeah. So there was there was a fascinating amount of stuff on there. Let's press the button. Oh yeah, this is uh, this is symposiums. So Stelios. Now he he's a, he's a proper proper thinker. This guy. So he's got a PhD in um, psychology. No philosophy. Philosophy. Yeah. philosophy. Yeah, um, professor at the University of York. Yes. Yes, yeah, so he's he's a proper professor and, and PhD type person. So if you want to get a, a degree standard education on philosophy, you can either pay thirty grand to go to a university or three hundred grand if you're in America, or you can pay five pounds a month and watch this series as he goes through all the big concepts in philosophy. So yeah. I would say that's a pretty big money saving. What else have we got? Oh, epochs. You're on this one a lot, aren't you, Carl? I am. Yeah. This because I I happen to just love history, mm. but I'm not like in any way trained on it. But Bo's got like two degrees in history, and spends all of his day talking about it. And yeah. so again, this very similar sort of thing to the uh, the uh, symposium where it's mm. like, well, this is actually an actual education. Oh, it, it is a proper education. I, I'm personally getting out of this, yes, as well. So uh, it's I one mean, of my favorites. I mean, the thing I would say to people is, we did not arrive in the modern world that we're in. By accident, right? And what this series does is it goes back and it, ho it looks at a whole bunch of pivotal moments, um, times and opportunities where things were on a knife edge, they could have gone either way, and if it had gone the other way, the world would look like a very different place today. And this is a series that gets into it and explains 
why the world is the way the way it is. And also, it talks about a lot of big historical figures, people that you really should know about if you want to be a, a serious person. You want to know the figures behind this. So, so that is, I mean, each of these, I think, is worth it on their own merits. Yeah, they're really? all great. I'm really proud of them. Well, I mean, this is uh, this is brokenomics. I'm far too modest to say anything about it myself. I've heard but, nothing uh, but good things. To be honest, right, I don't know anything about economics, uh, and so I have actually watched almost yeah. all of these just to understand like gold or inflation or any of these other things that I just don't know because I've never had any kind of economic education at mm. all, uh, and it's been nothing but glor- uh, glowing reviews from these. So. Yes, excellent. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm too modest to say all of that myself. That's true. But, um, I've, I've I've heard nothing but good things. Mm. I'm I'm waiting for someone to come along and be like, oh, Dan doesn't know anything, doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah, I, I've actually heard. Um, I, I I can't say the name, but um, a big wig in one of the big um, UK financial institutions um, told me that they they use this series to educate their normie friends and relatives on on what's going on in the world Brilliant. in finance. So um, you know it's it's uh, yeah, it's it's got its fans, mm. and um, yes, as you say, it yeah, seems to be quite popular. So yes, uh... oh now this one, hangouts. Um, I think this is as close as you're going to get to us chaps down the pub having a chat saying what we really think because yeah. these don't go anywhere near a censorship platform, do no. they? No. No. Yes. Uh, rum- rumble and behind the paywall. Uh, yes. So we can actually talk about things, uh, frankly. Mm. Because sometimes, you know, you see down. As you, you can tell by the topics there. <laughs> yes. Grooming gangs, a timeline. <laughs> what Missy well, reveals about life. And and and, uh, and and the ones below that are even yeah. spicier. Yeah. Um, but um, sometimes yeah. I see in the comments people say things like, why aren't you talking about this? Yeah. Well, well we often. We actually have talked about those things. Mm. We're just not talking about it on the censorship platforms. So, um, you know, that is that is a wealth of content in itself. Um, deep things. Now, that seems to have fallen by the wayside, that one. Is that is that being replaced no, by the no, live no. I, I, it, It's really that they just take a lot of time and there's been a lot going on. But I right. have another one in the works. These are just particularly long pieces yes. uh, that either myself or others do um on a particular subject when you've got a deep dive so they don't come out very quickly um, mm. but they're well worth it when they do i think they're very good yeah yes they, they are certainly very deep and uh, cover topics like uh warhammer anybody knows anything well, about that there are other ones <laughs> yes no there is some some proper deep thinking that, that goes in there um Premium podcasts, I would sort of describe that as topics that are important, worth talking about, that don't necessarily fit into any other category. And also possibly stuff that you can't really put on the censorship platforms if uh, given yes. by those titles as anything to go by. Yes. But, um, I, you know, I, 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 I mean, I've done... This is going on YouTube, I actually don't have to censor number three, though. <laughs> there we go. Oh, right, so, yes. So Callum will actually have to censor one of the titles of these podcasts just so we can show you this on YouTube. Yes. Uh, and and I, I think I'm on the bottom one, and that and and, and th- th- that one came from just we having an interesting conversation yeah. in the office, and we realised that we were paid to make content. So yeah, but it, that, that was one of my favourite ones actually, and did really well actually. Now look at it. But, um, yeah, so, yeah, it did. Yeah, but yeah, the just interesting conversations that are just difficult to have. Yeah. when you might be exposed to a hostile audience, basically. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, the, the point I'm making is there is a huge amount of stuff. I mean, literally a huge amount of stuff mm. because we were running that other studio. I mean, it was three filming slots a day. Yeah. And quite often every single slot was filled. 
So you're getting somewhere between three and five, maybe six hours, if we're really pushing it, of new content coming out every mm. working day. Right, and now we're in the new studio. We've got three studios once the other two are ready. Yep. So the amount of content getting churned out of here for five pounds, sign up now, I think you should, um, is, is absolutely astonishing. But we don't even stop there. There's more. Uh, TVs, movies, and games. Mm. So where we get into um, this, this is one that um, Callum, uh, no, no, Connor and Harry tend to tend to dominate on this one. But you, you mm. guys, have you guys done any of these? Yeah, yeah, we've done some media analysis. So yeah. I mean, I, I, one of the things, uh, like the the conversation with George Alexopoulos the other day, where it's like conservatives oh, yeah. are just far too happy to leave culture to the left, and it's like, but that's crazy. Why mm. would you do that? And so, uh, yeah. conservative media analysis, I think, is very valuable. Yeah. And 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 that, and that's what this is. It it is not just it's not just popular culture. It is the popular culture analysed, and it's the underlying message mm. in the media brought front and surface, and then unpicked. So I mean, it's deep. And, and I've been I've been thinking about uh, maybe doing one of these myself because I want to do something on um, an old film called Pleasantville, Toby Maguire and Reese Reverspoons. Now, what? if you remember, that's the one that goes back to the 1950s, and it's all in black and white. I haven't seen it. And they subvert. Oh, it's fascinating. It is basically a boomer deconstruction of the 1950s through the lens of Satanism. And it literally <laughs> okay. it literally is Satanism. It's so obvious when you okay. look at it. But it's basically a boomer yeah. trying to explain why they had to torpedo the perfect world that they were born into. Why they had that to is actually it. a really interesting topic. Yeah. And it literally is Satanism. I mean, I mean they've got the they got Eve and the tree and the apple and everything. And and right. uh, anyway, so yeah. Yeah. loads of stuff on there, loads more stuff coming. And um, what have we got next? Written. Right, yes. So as if all of that wasn't enough, there's actually a whole load of um, proper articles on there. Mm. And a lot of these are voiced as well, so you can listen to yeah, anything with the uh, the little talky logo thing the on speaker. it. The speaker. Yes, the speaker yeah. logo. So um, and, and, and there we get into even more depth than even the videos. So And, and I think we get some guest writers on as well don't we as well yeah yeah we've got loads of uh guest writers who yeah. send in articles and uh, we publish them astonishing amounts of stuff on there um merch i we probably need to revamp the merch store yeah we do it's just that i'm not like everyone's busy yes no one has the time yes to work on the merch store but it does need to be done yes but that, that's that's going to get revamped soon so if yeah. you want to get classic merch this may be your last opportunity to do so because a revamp of that is definitely coming soon yeah and you can get things like lotus eaters pillows um you can either get a fresh one i can't see the price get on there, but body pillows yeah they're about they're about um 20 quid each or if you want the one that we've all sat on um it does cost a bit more but those are in the premium section and then finally the, the other studio, which we will be um, filling out soon, um, we just need stuff to put on the shelf. So if you have any interesting items that you want to send us that are legal and safe, um, here is our PO Box address so that you can dispatch us fascinating items. Now, what I want for that big shelf in the middle is I want a centerpiece uh, signature thing for Brokenomics. So send me gold, silver, <laughs> um, globe, whatever. You know, something... Very something, clever, this. Something, yes. Yeah, something that conveys... Um, gold. Money, yes. Send it to that P.O. box, mark for my attention, and uh, we will we will add it on, and uh, we are going to do fantastic things in the new studios. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Is that fair, guys? Anything? Oh, it's totally. I can't wait till this new studio is done because is the 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 atmosphere in there is just going to be very different and yes. 
we're not going to be on a time limit because this is one of the problems with, like you said with the old studio you've got an hour and a half you've got to cram everything into this hour and a half yes because Bo and i we we really want to do like yes. an epic series on the iliad right the iliad being an epic is going to take a long time to talk about and that's going to require literally hours and hours and hours where we can just sit there and discuss the entire thing like yeah. so i'd like it to turn out to be like you know six or eight hours or something like that and we should don't have the time to do that with only one studio but with that we'll literally be able to like book an entire day yeah. to just sit there and talk about the thing and it might not sound like your cup of tea but man i'm totally <laughs> i'm totally into it and i there, there are people out there who do like long form content and finally we'll be able to do it and then, yeah proper long i mean and that's a horrible photo because the studio looks so much nicer than that photo is letting it on well that was done on my phone i as you right, said i did, I did slightly it. boomer that whole yeah yeah thing, but, when, but when when we've got the proper lighting on that's going to be a gorgeous studio yeah, no, it's fun. No, you see, I found exactly the same thing broken up. Sometimes I'll be getting into a really interesting conversation with a yeah. guest, and then I'll be like, "Ooh, got to wrap, got to got to wrap this up because you know the studio is booked by somebody else soon." Yep. So the amount of depth we're going to go into. So if you think the amount of content that we have at the moment is epic, you are correct, but it's about to get even more epica. Right. right. Should we go to the comments? All right. Um... <laughs> okay. okay. So if you've spoken to me. I've more than likely at some point in your life just uh, ripped your ear off and uh, told you about the Dojo Wars. Well, it looks like we're getting the Social Media Wars, ladies and gentlemen, eventually. I mean, it has to start somewhere. We're ready to die in the Social Media Wars. Okay, hang on a second. My money's on Elon Musk, by the way. Right, I'm just going to pause it. So, you've seen this, right? Yeah, but that's Al Gore, isn't it? No, it's Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, I thought it was, but that's a picture of Al Gore. I don't think it is. All right, fair enough. I think it's Elon Musk. But so, do you need glasses? Yes. Yeah. All right. <laughs> you what? What? What exactly do you make of? I mean, who? Who wasn't like? Well, apparently Zuckerberg. He's been doing a lot of private MMA training. Yeah, yeah. Because he's been posting videos of him like kicking pads on Facebook, yeah. right? And I saw these a couple of years ago, thinking, yeah. okay, that's good for him, I guess. Yeah. But like challenging Elon, who challenged who? Did he challenge Elon? I assume he challenged Elon. Elon wasn't just like, you know what, I'm going to fight Mark Zuckerberg. Right. Yeah, I think Zuckerberg made some sort of comment on WhatsApp about it, like some throwaway comment, and then it got relayed to Elon on Twitter, and Elon was like, immediately, I'm up for that. <laughs> yes. What? <laughs> Who's going to insure this? Because the key, right, you, the key man insurance on each of those guys has got to be in the billions. It's crazy. So, so the insurance companies yeah. that are selling the key man insurance to Twitter and, and Tesla and... and yeah. And um, Facebook, they they can't be desperately happy about this. But like from a top Trump sort of style perspective, okay, like Elon does have a height and the weight on uh, Zuckerberg, so not good. And Zuckerberg, I mean, look at everyone looked at him as like he's a scrawny nerd, but he's been training. But Zuckerberg does have the age, right? And like the lizard abilities, yeah, and the fact that he's an android. Yes. (laughs) So (laughs) android repair mid fight. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I mean, who would you place your money on? I would go for Elon though because he's bigger, and I like. I think bigger is good. Go on, Callum. Suck because he actually knows how to fight. Well, Elon said that he'd done some fighting, some training of fighting. Yeah, but he's fifty-one. Yeah, that's that's my view. Well, that's not that old. It's pretty old. If you were fighting in your twenties, now you're fifty-one. Yeah, but Zuck's thirty-nine. I mean, he's not. It's not like he's fighting a twenty-five-year-old. He still trains and keeps in shape. I think it's karate or some weird stuff he does. Yes. No. Are you putting your money on Elon? Yes. Right, okay. Your money's on Zuck. Yeah, the guy who actually trains. Yeah. Uh, 
I honestly, I would probably go for Zucker as well. I mean, obviously, I want Elon to win because mm. Zuckerberg is one of the biggest censors in all of human history. Um, and Elon restored my Twitter account. Uh, but I, I have to be skeptical and pessimistic. Right. I, I think I think Zuck will be. I mean, Zuck looks faster. But he's skinnier, younger. Well, he's a snake, isn't he? So. Sorry? He's a snake. Exactly. He's a, exactly. He's a serpent. To, to, yeah, to be fair, navigator. to be fair, in a fight, it normally comes down to who, who tires out first. Yeah, and, and I think Zuckel, Yeah, I think Zuck will have that because if yeah. he's training regularly, and Elon hasn't trained since he was young. Yeah, that's a big factor. You know, Fifty-one as well. Your stamina's got to be going about that sort of age. I mean, even if you train. Yeah. You know, so it's a, you know, just saying, I'm uh, I'm I'm thinking that Zuck's going to take it, but I tell you what, I would pay to watch that fight. What a timeline! But, yeah, in. what a timeline! Exactly. Yeah, Elon <laughs> Musk and Mark Zuckerberg having a boxing match. Uh, anyway, so uh, this is going to be good. We... Right. I think it's doing it. I have no idea. John, you might need to fix it. Good afternoon, fellas. Regarding the Muslim local, can't alliance, hear any I audio. Personally, for several drag queens and right. gay people I know who think that Christianity is worse well, than Islam. It's going to be difficult to address his point, then, isn't it? Pay to Saudi Arabia, Lip Lip man, Oman, just agree Afghanistan, with him. <laughs> Good point. Really He's a gold team member. Agree with him. All they got to do is wear their drag outfit or show public displays of affection with their gay partner. Over there, I really well. wish I could hear it. It sounds Strangely like he's making a really good no point. One's taking me up on that offer. I mean, it sounds like he's making. Well, it looks like so. <laughs> it was said with conviction and a strong draw. Yeah, you could. So. Yeah, exactly. You could see he was well, like, "We don't know what you said, but thanks." You're correct. <laughs> yeah, we, we we go and watch it afterwards and, yeah. and probably agree with you. Should we, should we bother? Because we can't exactly hear it. Yeah, if we can't hear any of them, then we won't. Yeah, maybe, maybe save, um, save them for another time. I have no idea what's happened. Uh, anyway, Big Ed says, so great that you can all have big roundtable discussions that that without, without now having to practically sit in each other's laps. Look forward to what the new studio brings. Oh, thank you. Uh, George says, the first trio show. It will be interesting to see how the dynamics work. <coughs> it worked okay. Tom Webster says, this is getting out of hand. Now there are three of them. Yes. And a very old reference. Uh, Lord Nerevar says... <laughs> oh, no, the early 2000s. <laughs> yes, yeah, 20 years ago. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Oh, no. See? Mm. <laughs> Old reference. Uh, Lord Nerevar says, you're probably right about London, at least for now, is just a lost cause. We should probably be turning our attentions from reclamation to containment and don't let it spread any further. But it's way too late. It's way too late. The Londonization of the rest of England is happening already at remarkable pace. Miles says, the London mayor should be a cabinet seat so the capital city is represented by the ruling party. Or just abolish it. Le Frenchy Sexual says, I for one am enjoying the fall of London. Yeah, I bet you are. <laughs> Charlie says, regarding London, do any, of you, do any of you think that people living in Labour-run hellhole cities are as likely as they are to do as they are in California and leave the shires, uh, leave for the shires, bring their insidious politics with them? Yes. The, yeah, thing, I mean, the thing with London is a little bit different because you can live outside it and then just commute in. It's because London, England is a is a smaller country. Yeah. So like Winchester Station, first thing in the morning, it's just like full of people going to London. Yeah. And I mean, it's not. I mean, it's all over. Basically, anywhere within a thirty mile radius of London is just full of commuters. Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, as well, if you're a proper rich leftist, you can afford to live in central. And at which yeah. point, what do you care? Yeah, but even even in central London, it is decaying. Even the nice bits, because I mean, even I mean, Bucking, like around, around the corner, even Buckingham Palace is only something like two hundred meters from the nearest council estate. <laughs> so, 
there's something about that, isn't there? Yeah. Like even the Queen has to look at the Council of the State. Yeah. The social housing for migrants. <laughs> Tom says, describing the UK and London as economic zones is genius, as it describes exactly the position we've arrived at due to 25 years of mass immigration. Yeah. Mercenaries who will pack up and leave their economy are collapsed, leaving the indigenous English, Scots, and Welsh to pick up the pieces. Well, we talked about this when we were in London last time. I was like, how many of these people do you think would fight if this if their town was invaded, if their area of London was invaded? None of them. Well, we'll we go. saw in Ukraine. Yeah, they get on planes and flee. Why wouldn't you? Exactly. I'm yeah. black. I can't fight for you. Why would even we even fight for it? Well, that's the question, isn't it? Well, it's a bit like that incident that uh, caused a bit of a fuss where a building got caught on fire, and basically the chap, he packed his bags, he knocked on his neighbour's door and said, oh, by the way, my fridge is on fire, you might want to evacuate the building, and then he just left. You know, he, he, had, no, he had no real connection to his home. Yeah. Um, and then the whole tower went up. <laughs> yeah. I kind of like that. That wasn't meant to be a joke, but no, it's, it's like one of those tech nerds who's just like, you know, oh, oh well, and just leaves. Yes, so the whole building burns behind him. He's yes. like, oh, I've got somewhere to go. Well, that's literally what they think. Like they just don't care. They're yeah. just, you know, if if G the Germans invaded tomorrow, they'd be like, oh, well, I better leave. And it's like, well, yeah. why? Why are they here in the first place? Anyway. Yeah. Um, uh, Charlie says this gynosexual NPC is not just a super uh, a rebranding of super straight. No, it is not a rebranding of super straight. Actually, because as we discussed, uh, you can be a man attracted to a trap and call yourself gynosexual, even though it's a man in a dress. Brave new world. Mm. Uh, Andrew says so wait the diff what's the difference between femsexual and gynosexual given the gynecologists deal with uh, I would have to assume the latter is more with the physical hardware of women if you follow honestly who knows Jesus Christ who knows well you would hope is that wouldn't you because you want a real one um, well no because the thing is the, like if you I can't get it up but if we got the, the femsexual definition there is actually a, kind of an out where they are essentially like separating the thing from its essence and saying, well, you're attracted to the thing and mm. not necessarily the essence. So they are trying to make sure that it's not just uh, something that's locked in because the whole point of this is to essentially make it so that nothing is permanent. Yes. Right. And we definitely need a word for men who are attracted to primarily Nordic, Asian, or Mediterranean women between the ages of 17 and 23. Or well, med supremacy. Just not yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Grant, we're being specific. Grant says, I love Carl explaining this to Callum. I had the stupidest conversation with a person on Reddit who was a stay-at-home mum, like literally the most historically woman thing in the history of things, and she identified as non-binary. <laughs> I asked if she tried to look non-binary, like short hair, loose clothes. Nope, just a woman pretending to be a woman and calling herself an it. Yes. That's somebody who shouldn't be allowed on the internet. Yeah. Screwtape Laser says, I just want to say congratulations to Carl and the team. It's so hard to grow a small business and we are grateful for the risk you took on all of this. Well, thank you. And, uh, you know, it, you know, it didn't feel like a risk when it, we were doing it, it. What, spending a kilo obviously is money or... Yeah, it didn't feel like a risk. No, that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> to, yeah. to be fair, it was kind of de-risking, wasn't it? Because when you're, well, all your eggs are in the yeah. censorship basket platform, it's, yeah. you kind of have to. Well, yeah, it was, you know, it felt like a risk just staying on YouTube and just relying on them. Oh, yeah. You know, that felt like Well, risk. I mean, if you were. Especially in 2019. Yeah. You know, um, Andrew says, wonderful to see all the people working behind the scenes. Very thankful for the work you put in. I just want to be clear, right? I didn't want Dan to do that segment. Well, that's what I did it while you weren't here. <laughs> I thought that would be uh, too um, 
self-indulgent, but fine. You know, no, no, I, no. Self-promotion is is always a good thing. I, I, yeah, okay, mm. okay. I, I take your word for it. I'm not a businessman. Um, Hammurabi says it blows my mind that when already nearly at 700 daily episodes. Uh, my coverage of 2016 feels like so long ago, but also so recent. Remember when we thought Trump and Boris's victories marked a coming in for the culture war? God, how naive were we back in 2016, yeah. man? Oh, look, back, we could win. Back when we thought that politics was getting our guy in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And everyone thought that. It was yeah. just like, yeah, no. things are so different now. Yeah. Um, been listening to the start, and you all have helped so much in keeping my sanity to together during the daily grind. Well, thank you very much. Uh, Joan of Arc says, Dan bombering the tech. You boomered the word boomer there, Joan. <laughs> Just so you know. But you, you are right here. Uh, and also, nice to put some more faces to the names, which is good. Uh, Grant says, good sales job, Dan. I think I'm going to upgrade to silver. Oh, well done, Dan. Uh, um, <laughs> so silver says, the long project of liberalism. Carl, you disappoint me even more that you see liberalism to the illiberal. Uh, tell me, when has anyone ever voted for the managerial state, and how does a technocrat state get to claim liberalism when it forces values onto us? That's a very, very big conversation to have, which I will do a yeah. podcast explaining, but I can't explain to you now. But basically, very, very swiftly, it comes to what liberalism assumes and what it puts into action. Because what you're thinking about is the sort of limited political liberalism, but that is predicated on the idea that there must be another value system other than liberalism acting in tandem with liberalism and when that's taken away when you're left with liberalism you end up with the universal managerial state where every single piece is interchangeable and there are no differences between people in the fundamentals and that's when that when i say liberalism that's the problem with liberalism yes strips away notions of people in place and heritage entirely yes particularities yes right? they are literally subtracted and this is and so when liberalism is left to just be itself well that's what you get and then you get like the arch managerial state that yeah. has no issue with doing that because why wouldn't you do that um uh sorry i'm i've been flipping through because i didn't know how much time we had left so i can't see a camera um John Lewis says, being gynosexual is a bit like being a stamp collector. It doesn't matter who you, who or what you are, you just have to share a common interest. This is either revolutionary or very, very silly. Uh, well, it's revolutionary, but the, the revolution is in the subtlety of it. The fact that it's disconnecting the sexuality from people, mm. which is, um, honestly, it's, like, it's, it's hard to explain to people who are outside of this just how diabolical this is. Yeah. It doesn't sound diabolical, right? But that's because you have a, a network of thick concepts to rely on that you just didn't think about. But when they're gone, this is going to seem like people aren't going to believe it in the same way that, like, you know, people didn't believe that, that people have trouble believing that there was a sincere belief that, like, Zeus was causing the, the, the Greeks to go to war with the Trojans. Like, that was a sincere yeah. belief that people actually held to explain the universe. Well, I, I just remember yeah. in the early 2000s speaking to people who were then doing their sort of GCSEs and A-levels and looking at some of the stuff that they were being taught back mm. then. This was in the early years of the Blair era. And they were blatantly being um, given the new propaganda, given the new mm. leftoid way of thinking. And at the time I'm thinking... Well, what's going to happen when these people enter media jobs and teaching jobs and, and positions of responsibility, which is exactly now what's happened? Yeah. 
And so I'm, I'm well aware that this kind of thinking, I mean, it starts off softly and it just continually ramps up. It's that, it's that upward sloping parabolic curve. Mm. And the madness is just, it's just going to accelerate from here, isn't it? Because each madness is built on existing madness. But it's, it's not just that. It's also what we're depriving ourselves of. Um, so I, I, I did an interview with Lawrence Fox yesterday and I was trying to explain that like, the, the quality of our thoughts has been diminished from people 100 years ago because they had a much richer vocabulary in which to express what they were trying to think of. And the fact that they possessed yes. the vocabulary also meant that they had an understanding that outside of this particular thought were a series of other things that maybe I should be paying attention to. And so if that attention is cut off, mm. then you don't even see the extra layers of reality that you no longer have a language to identify them with, right? And so yeah. the, the, it, so if you go back and read something from 100 years ago, it's much richer, it's much more complex language, and it expresses yes. more detailed thoughts in that language. And we just don't do that. Mon read something that's been read this, written this year or last year, and it's not that the person is more stupid, it is that they are just more narrowly confined in what they can describe. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the thing about it properly to really uh, flesh it out. But it's it's crystal clear to me at this point. I mean, fundamentally, language is all a process of taking a complex series of thoughts in your mind, compressing it into an audio stream mm. in a way that you can then transmit to somebody else, which will hopefully unpack in their mind into another yes. complex series of thoughts. So if you throttle the bandwidth which that language is, is allowed to, the, the, the tube that that language is allowed to go through, you mm. cannot communicate such complicated thoughts to somebody else's mind. Yes. So their mind space is limited. Yes. So it is, it is basically anti-enlightenment. Yes. Because what you're describing before is a period where people commonly read and express, and we read significantly more than they do now, I mean, mm -hmm. which is you know, why it's worth signing up to the Lotus Eaters and getting all of that you know, complex thought you know, decompressed for you. But, the, the, but they had all of these more complicated ideas that filled their mental space. Mm. So that it, was, it was conducive to generating new ideas. But this new world that and we it's seem also, to be entering. It's also just a descriptions and understanding of reality. Like yes. There are nuances to reality that are hidden if you can't see the relational nature of what it is to be a human. And that's what's being, the, the ability to be able to identify the relationships between these things and the content of those relationships is going to be really damaging. It's just going to, it's, it's going to make people not, again, not stupid, just ignorant. Hmm. But anyway, I think we're running out of time there. So. Yes. I didn't want to interrupt, but they already don't believe. Mainly you're saying what's going to happen when people look back at this and think it's all madness. Yeah, they don't. I mean, the I, I've told you about it in Russia. They honestly think all this doesn't exist. They assume it's Kremlin lies. Well, the West is really bad. Why? Because they believe in cat gender and blah, 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 blah. And they look at that and go, well, that's obviously not true. I've been lied to so many times. Yeah. And then yeah. when you meet them and they're laughing, and they go, oh, come on, that's not real, is it? And you go, well, here's the article. Yeah. Huh? This here's, is the person's the social media account. As a result. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. And, and it's not just them, like Naomi Park or whatever. She's a yeah. North Korean refugee. Came to the US, gets the typical American anti-communist theory in her head. Yeah. They explained to her because she's integrating. And now she's a star on like right-wing podcasts and stuff because she yeah. goes on and, and will just be like, this is more retarded than what I was taught. Like, this is more narrow-minded than what I was taught. There was another, there was a Chinese woman who I saw a clip of her going around recently where she was like, well, you've brought communism here. Like, this is communism, what you're doing right now. And, and this is what I fled from in China. And it's just like, okay, well... <laughs> Maybe we didn't win the Cold War. You know? Anyway, if you like more from us, go to the website. Um, otherwise, we'll see you tomorrow.